Now I am. And I see the now levels. I am as well. Oh, the levels they are rising. The levels right, they are. Let's do the bait. Uh, yep, counting. Let's do it. <laughs> Wait, hold up. Yeah. Okay. Cool. We're just gonna do the one happy if you if you know it. So, if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. All right. Score. That should be good enough. <clears throat> when last we left our runners. Each of them had just experienced the assault on Lady Delilah's mansion. Miss Bellin had left all of you mid-mission through a portal, her target having been acquired. And all of you got back into the armored transport with Mortimer as well, and the unexpected woman from Luca's past, before you hightailed it out of there as the mansion was besieged by Lady Delilah's security forces. Upon arriving at home, Mortimer was placed in the medical bay in the basement of Sasha's place. Just as the runners got home, there was a tremendous sound from outside, as the great dragon Ghostwalker himself landed upon Mount Tabor before taking his metahuman form and size before walking directly to Sasha's place to confront the Orange Queen regarding his niece and the Dark Child. And it is there that our story continues in our four-part mini-missions, which I am calling Spotlight in the Shadows, where each of our runners gets to star in their own adventure so soon after their last. And for this session, we are highlighting La Rat Blanc. Hello. Hello. Hey, Michael. Are you ready to take La Rat Blanc into the next scene? I was born ratty. Excellent. So... You, having been in the main bar area at the time of this confrontation, you see uh, the Orange Queen is, uh, you know, kind of not having a conversation with Ghost Walker, but she does take a moment uh, to look around the room and appraise each of you. Uh, But she says nothing uh, when her eyes uh, gaze upon the rot for a moment, and then she turns back to Ghost Walker and... uh, basically gestures over to the usual seating area where all of you once watched an episode of Blue Planet of the Sixth World. And uh, so she guides uh, Ghostwalker over to these seating area, and then the blast shields will drop down around, containing that table inside of an impenetrable dome. And it's at that point in time that uh, Luca's friend from the past uh, gets into a bit of an argument with him uh, over the fact that he's associated with Ghostwalker, and uh, she storms out the front door and Luca uh, tails after trying to, like, hey, come on, like, what's, like, wait, hold on. I don't even know that (laughs) guy. He just flew out of the sky. Come on. Yeah, yeah, pretty much that kind of an attitude. But he has uh, left the scene, and uh, so has she out the front door. And uh, it is a little bit after that that uh, Lily also kind of, like, takes stock, suddenly having, like, calmed down and is no longer concerned about being imminently killed by dragons um, and uh, bops off to uh, go take care of something herself. And uh, Titus Kovlovsky just kind of uh, hangs back and uh, William is behind the bar. And uh, Larat Blanc, you're going to receive an incoming message 
Uh, I pull up the AR window. And and uh, it's just a blank screen, but uh, you will see a little bit of typing as a cursor has been manifested on this black screen. And it says, Hello, Lerat Blanc. In plain text. Um, I mean, obviously, I must do a trace icon on this to see what it is. Um, and as I'm tracing this icon in a separate AR window, I will say, Who is this? Friend or foe? Friend, comma, potentially. Uh, what is your handle, mon ami? What should I call uh, you? The, the text will come back. You may call me Emerald. Emerald, I like the shine of it. I suppose... We would not mind... Excuse me. Mm-hmm. What was that? Oh, well, the text is going to come. We would not mind uh, meeting with you in the near future, if you have no further plans for the evening. Um, I am free uh, for as long as I can foresee. So, how is now? Now will work perfectly fine. And then the GPS location will be put on your screen. You can see a small abandoned coffee shop approximately two miles away. That is the address. Interessant. Um, okay. I will see you soon. That you shall. We are looking forward to it. As am I. And uh, the line goes dead. The communication has been frozen? It appears to no longer have any registry in your database. Interesting. As if they just bopped in and bopped right back out. So, given that this is no ordinary, like, <laughs> comm link, I mean, we're talking about a Shawase Cyber 6 uh, maxed out in every security module, you know, to the max um, armor sure. software on it, does that give me some insight into how exactly they did this? Like, because usually when I'm contacted... The nearest... Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Larat's more used to being contacted on his own terms when it comes to Matrix stuff. Exactly. And this person just uh, tried to bypass all of that. And uh, you are able to tell that there was a incoming, outgoing, uh, two-way thing that happened. But uh, you don't see any other, like artifacts or like any things that would indicate what type of like file or codes that they were using you can just tell that there was ingoing and outgoing traffic for this amount of time and that's it gotcha and like if i follow the traffic like back to its source i'm sure i hit a dead end or a winding alleyway in the matrix or some such construct like they've obfuscated their source uh you certainly can try to find out for sure Uh, absolutely but but uh yes i have prepared for that um but i must figure this out um so matrix search probably yeah you should totally try to do that 
uh, that will be, let's see. Um, so I actually looked into my programs uh, on my deck. I, like, I have a smoking mm-hmm. deck, and it can hold 10 programs, something which I really haven't engaged with yet, mechanically. You you might want to do something with that, because it sounds like a potential for a lot of fun. It is. It really is. So one of the programs that I loaded on for this session is Browse, which gives me an extra edge when I'm matrix searching. So mm-hmm. on top of my already normal software skills of why don't I see my software cracking or it's electronics I believe so yes yes use cracking on other people's systems uh, relatively often but uh, yeah this is your own this is your own rig. yeah this is like the legal side of it yeah um, so 15. Mm-hmm. Ooh wee, it's what I do. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I'm going to re-roll a ones because I really mm-hmm. didn't roll. Well, I rolled all right. Actually, I rolled pretty good. Just a lot of fours. It's your anal, your analytical mind. I mean, I might as well use my browse program, which also gives me an edge that I can only spend while I'm doing this test. Wow, I re-rolled mm-hmm. two ones and I got two sixes. So total of Dope. two, four, six hits. However, I also got a ton of fours that I wish I could have leveraged. Oh, that's too bad. So, out of uh, 15 die, you say? Out of 15 die, yeah. You got six. Six and zero glitches. Well, I mean, that is important. Uh, So, you're going to be able to uh, run a trace, basically, um, because... There is uh, the fact that you've got the uh, the central server, uh, which is backing up uh, Sasha's place. Mm-hmm. So you've actually got like a place to like run this trace. Dope. Um, and so what it leads you to is this little abandoned coffee shop. <laughs> Excellent. But uh, but the thing is, is that you can tell that whatever is going on at this abandoned coffee shop, that is where the signal originated. And uh, so where wherever that is, uh, you will probably find some hardware that is connected outside of the usual matrix for this particular area of the world. Interesting. So it's an independent channel that is sending messages. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. So uh, another little order of business question. Um, last mm-hmm. mission, uh, right before we kicked off, my my basically Amazon package, I, I can't remember which vendor I ordered it through, but let's say Amazon. <laughs> my Amazon package yeah, yeah. for three humanoid droids, one large, the other two medium, um, has mm-hmm. that arrived at this point? Not as of yet. It is currently 2 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm somewhere in there dang it um and so it's just like yep like honestly the beginning of your last mission was only about three hours Mm -hmm. ago so like it should be soon at the very least within the next 12 hours but you know that's the thing when you go with big businesses like that they can only guarantee so much i should have used the u.s post <laughs> the U.S. Post does not exist in this country. USCS Post. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, that's 
too bad, but I still have my flying eye drone. So yeah, I'm gonna pull up the bulldog van and I've got my little flying eye drone as well. Um, and I'm gonna mm-hmm. just make sure that that little guy's sitting on my shoulder. Mm-hmm. So as you um, have been dealing with these like AR windows and whatnot, just kind of you know staring off to space, doing your matrix mm-hmm. thing, uh, you're gonna register that there's like a bit of movement. Uh, around the bar uh, and some of which uh, appears to be in front of you as uh, things are placed down on the bar in front of you and uh, when you when you kind of click to it uh, you get a text message from Titus interesting I accept this text message the text message reads as follows found magic corky gave me a note gonna follow if not back tomorrow, please find. Um, I mean, I must also run a trace icon on this as well, just to try to figure out where the starting point is for finding Titus when he, you know, whatever happens. Oh, sure. Um, so in running that trace, you can tell he's definitely in the neighborhood. Um, but uh, the further away he walks, uh, the trace gets a little fuzzy but you can basically rest assured that he's walking south right now. Hmm. Does he have any Matrix devices on him? Um, no, not really. He's got the basic cybernetic stuff, and he does have uh, the brain implant for communication, but it isn't really a Matrix... uh, It's not really up-to-code Matrix style. Mm -hmm. Like, he's got his own little private network. Okay, so he's got a PAM going on. Um, but yeah, he he can access like Google searching shit if he needs right. to, but like he's not really, you know, as savvy with Matrix as you are. Um, plus, he's got something custom in his. Head. And our devices are networked still, correct? Or do we just network them for missions and then unnetwork them? Um, I would say that they're unnetworked unless you're on a mission mm-hmm. uh, together. Because that just makes sense to pass on that information. But the rest of the time, y'all have your own private networks, and uh, Titus likes his privacy. He does, but he also needs someone to look out for him. Um. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a true story. So, and uh, I'm gonna run a quick crack on Titus's system. All right, let me try to pull that up. Um, but I'm ready when you are. All right. Um, okay. So cracking is mon specialty. Is it is 16 dice? Mm-hmm. Actually, plus two for hacking. So a full 18 die. And then... Nice. I mean, I, I'm obviously not trying to hurt him or anything, um, but... No, of course. I am going to use my... Exploit, which reduces the target's defense rating by two. Oh, oh, okay. And then I'm going to, of course, spend my analytical mind edge, which I don't think I can spend before I roll. Or can I? Um, analytical mind allows you to re-roll any of the ones with a free point of edge, correct? Uh, I would have to... But you actually have to do it first, right? I, that seems reasonable to me. I think the text is something like, analytical mind gives you a point of edge that you have to use on that roll. 
Oh, okay, so you could use it on either end of it. Yeah, I would have to double check to be 100% sure. So if we want to just say you use it afterwards, I'm absolutely all right with that. Yeah, I mean, that sounds fair to me, but at the same time, there's some potential here. Um, let's play it on safe for right now and uh, say that you could use that after the fact. Uh, I'm... We'll double check and get to, we'll get to the bottom of that. Absolute. All right. Because that's just too good of a potentiality for it not to go and investigate it. Okay, and I'm looking at a pretty good roll here, picking out a lot of fives, seeing these fours and feeling sad, but that's fine. <laughs> um, God, I just never think to use an edge beforehand. Boop. So for a total of two, four, six, seven hits against Titus's firewall. Blast! All right. Uh, so, Titus's firewall uh, rolled eight. So, I'm wondering how many... Do you have any glitches at all? Do I... Or none? You re-rolled you re them. I, uh, I, I re-rolled them, yeah. Okay, excellent. Uh, so, you're going to be able to get into part of it. What are you looking for? Um, I'm actually not looking for anything. I'm just trying to set a little program um, called Beacon, which sends a ping occasionally. Um, and it's going to send oh, a ping okay. to my Horizon Flying Eye Drone. So the Horizon Flying Eye Drone can kind of just like put along behind Titus at a safe distance. Okay. All right. Score. This is me yeah. just babysitting um, Titus, essentially. Yeah, no worries. So, uh, yeah. That uh, is able to happen. So one of your seeing eye drones is probably going to maintain a, uh, a good distance. Absolutely. It's more there just to keep a, keep an eye on him. Not, oh, okay. not like be seen. He's probably like a good 200 yards back or something. Oh, okay. Score. Yeah, you, you would easily be able to follow him as he uh, goes on a walk. Excellent. Yeah. That's, that's enough for now for Titus, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Which unfortunately takes my uh, seeing eye drone out of the equation. Uh, so, I, you sorry. You have two of them, right? Nope, only got one. Oh, okay. Well, you're looking out for your friends. I can't say no to that. He asked me to take care of him, and I, what kinds of friends would I be if I did not honor such a great responsibility? <laughs> yes I'm I'm sure Johnny is going to love this once he hears <laughs> that he was being watched during during his mission I mean I'm gonna send a highlight reel to him the next day probably nice <laughs> excellent uh score so that totally happens and uh after you get done uh fiddling around on uh that particular task, uh, you can kind of put away your AR windows, and you will see that there are sticky notes in front of you, <laughs> uh, which Titus has uh, been known to write upon. And sure enough, it looks like Titus's handwriting, and uh, it basically says exactly what he sent you in the text message. This is um, unnecessary. It's the redundancy is always commendable. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, he wrote it down, he put it in front of you, and then a few minutes later, you got a text message. 
Um, running the uh, handwritten note through a cardiographic emotional paradiagram, do I get any emotional signature on this handwriting? I would have to have you roll for that. Deal. Let's see. Um, is there anything that you would want to add to a basic perception check? Um, well, I would love to offload any of this onto a piece of software, if that's possible. Oh, cool. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, it'll take a few minutes, but it'll come back to you. Um, basically saying, uh, a little stressed out, probably. Interesting. So he's stressed. Okay. So he's worried. Um. Well, if you see a magic, if you see a magic corgi with a note. (laughs) Yeah, I mean that. Like. Search term means nothing. Magic corgi. What was the text of the message again? Uh, let me pull it up. Here we are. Uh, found magic corgi, gave me note gonna follow. If not back tomorrow, please find. Interesting. Uh, would Le Rat Blanc, I mean, would Le Rat Blanc know, is Corgi a spirit totem? Um, I don't think that you would know that, necessarily. You're not very magically sensitive, and you could probably pull up information if you wanted to do, like, a Google search on it. But, uh, like, as far as you can tell, probably not. I don't know. Interesting. Well, I do not want to pry too much into his business. It is his own business, although Magic Corgi is a, a tantalizing bit of information. I cannot help myself. I must know about this Magic Corgi. <laughs> and then he searches Magic Corgi. <laughs> all right, score. Um... You're going to find all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, look, it's a picture of a magic corgi. I drew this magic corgi. It's not a real magic corgi, but it reminds me of my pet corgi that I had a long time ago. And you're like, okay, next. Yeah. Uh, I imagine they're just, like, you're... flying. All of these corgi pictures are just blasting past his face as if he's oh, going yeah. down a wormhole. Yep, because everybody on the internet who is talking about corgis, like, the vast majority of it is not scientifically based or even magically based. It's just people gushing about corgis. Interesting. And uh, so you're going to find a ton of, like, you know, corgi fan sites and, like, various corporations who are all like, hey, you know, this is the best kind of outfit for your corgi. And, you know, shit like so that. I. But, uh, I imagine this search engine like being like riding a motorcycle, but it's like a rocket. Um, and Lerat mm-hmm. is gonna like crank the handlebars as hard as he can towards like scientific articles written by magic scholars. Mm-hmm. But it's gonna like fight as like all of these results that are just like little kids finger paintings. Yeah, a sale. Yeah, and it's like. The, the the view as you're doing this is definitely one of like you know light speed windows flying past you like just this incredibly dense information network but all of it is just like you know kids playing with corgis <laughs> corgis like licking an ice cream and like corgis sniffing a flower and then sneezing it's like and just like all that shit. It's like a, a like a two D video game, and he's just like navigating around all the, these obstacles like a little jet plane. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and then one of them looms directly overhead, and somebody's dubbed the poor little Corgi as going, nom, 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 like, like some sort of meme. Oh, God, it is the Corgi fan club. And it starts shooting Corgi and pictures the, out of three different points in, uh, like, semicircle arcs. But eventually, uh, all of this will pass behind you, and you'll be left with uh, a handful of options that are basically uh, looking at... Uh, like definitions of taxonomy, various uh, biological considerations. If you're considering uh, owning a corgi, like uh, so, it's all it's all scientific stuff. But uh, uh, the handful of like, if you were to go across Wikipedia and and slash corgis with you know magic scholars. Mm-hmm. Um, then you would find a handful of articles that are basically like, and the locals claimed that a magic corgi uh, came out of nowhere and uh, rescued all of the orphans from that bus fire. But uh, unfortunately, there were no corgis seen by our um, cameras in the area, and so this magic corgi appears to be at large. And uh, But... We'll always be on the lookout for, you know, new and interesting biological specimens uh, within the canine family as it comes to the magics of the sixth world. Très intéressant. Um... Uh, and you will see that this article uh, comes from Dublin, Ireland. Dublin? That is not where... <laughs> That's not where Titus is from, though. What is... Uh, no. No, it, it most certainly is not. Um, the only connection uh, that Ireland has with your current situation is that that is the second of the two-tier nations. Mm, so that makes sense. Okay, I see... Or, ra- or rather, it's it's actually the first. You're in the second one. Truth. Okay, well, he's going to tuck that away. <laughs> and Yeah, yeah, I mean, you've got a shit ton of corgi information now. Yeah, just tons. Um, yeah. That's, I just like Scorgis, so, um, I guess Larat would next probably, like, order some Corgi, like, paraphernalia, you know, because he, like, just went through all these results, and probably one of them had some really cute and practical bathrobes, like, with a Corgi hood that had, like, little ears, and he's gonna order one of those for Titus. And, like, he's going to order, like, another thing that he saw that he's going to order for Titus because he's like, I did not know that he liked Corgi so much. I wish you would have told me. I mean, I could have been so much more ready. Um, There's this gun holster, and it's, like, a, you know, like, cowboy, like, hip holster, and it's just got, like, a little Corgi, and it looks like the gun is coming out of its butt. (laughs) (laughs) Not its mouth? (laughs) Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. How about its mouth? That's better. <laughs> I res- In a corgi-shaped hip holster for Titus. I have to write all of this stuff down in between y'all's sessions. Uh, <laughs> just to keep it all straight. It's really great. Yeah. And it's like one new yen. No, it's like 0.25 new yen. It's really poorly made. <laughs> yeah, like, this is shoddy stuff. Shoddy workmanship. But yeah, he orders the bathrobe and the gun holster. Cool. Bathrobe and a hip holster for Titus, uh, both of which have corgi themes to them. Yeah, one's a Pembroke and one is a cardigan. The 
The holster is the holster is a cardigan because they have tails, and the the tail looks like it's the gun barrel. Oh my god, that's so stupid! I love it. <laughs> so stupid, so violent. <sighs> it's so ridiculous. I love it. I can't wait uh, for Johnny to listen to this episode. Uh, but yeah, otherwise, um, uh, he's going to start pulling the bulldog around front, which it was probably parked pretty yeah. close to around front anyways, but I just like saying, yeah, totally. pull the car around front yeah. when I'm not in it. Exactly. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's totally pulled up front, uh, complete with its uh, still uh, paint job of a bunch of dicks. Yeah. Has there been any like additions to it? <laughs> Uh, there do not appear to be any additions, but you would have to give me a uh, inspection of the entire vehicle before I could tell Oh, you. I mean, inspection is not my strong point. I just jump in. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. So you're in your bulldog. Um, so he's going to, like, basically hand over navigation along a city street to the autopilot, and he'll probably jump mm-hmm. VR Matrix, just fully shift into the neighborhood net. Mm-hmm. Um, and start heading in Matrix towards his destination as his meat does. And he's just going to explore that destination for, like, a general layout of the area. Like, I'm kind of imagining, like, satellite view, and he's slowly zooming down on it to try to get any heat signatures in the area or Matrix signatures. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Um, so... As you uh, as you get comfortable in uh, whatever seat that you want to, seeing as how the autopilot is on, um, then you just let your mind drift into like. Uh, wait, so are you doing this uh, cold or hot, hot sim, baby? You got it. Cool. So as you just the familiar sensation of you like leaving your body behind and like just being a consciousness upon the grid of the matrix feels good yeah like it like it a lot um you're going to be able to so you said a top-down view from satellite so basically that's going to be your um your point of view basically as you beam your consciousness via satellite imagery to look at or look through uh the satellite view above this area and so you just see the entire Earth, like, coming at you very, very quickly. Although you can tell that your rate of, quote-unquote, descent of your perception uh, is slowing down as you approach. Uh, it is a very overwhelming sensation to see an entire planet hurtling towards you. But sure enough, it zooms in as you pass through the clouds and uh, centers on this GPS location of uh, this abandoned coffee shop and then it just freezes and stops approximately two miles above the area and you have a glorious HD map displayed in front of you of what this particular neighborhood looks like. What does this particular... Oops, sorry, you're probably about to say. Yeah, totally. And this particular neighborhood looks like... (laughs) uh, There's like a major road off to the left-hand side and... uh, you can see that there's a handful of businesses over there, um, but uh, as as you look off to the right, um, some of the buildings behind that main strip uh, are just without of power. 
Like, there's no power. Almost the entire block has been abandoned, maybe? But uh, sure enough, here's this little coffee shop just nestled inside of this neighborhood where nobody seems to live. Mm. And uh, you will be able to tell that uh, while there are no uh, current registrations of heat signatures, uh, aside from the occasional rat, Mm -hmm. or some sort of, you know, meta-variant animal in the neighborhood, um, yeah, you don't really see anything. Granted, this has been updated in the past 24 hours, so it's entirely possible that somebody was here beforehand, which is what comes your next piece of information, Mm -hmm. which is that you can tell somebody accessed the Matrix here approximately a month ago. A month ago? But uh, do I not see the signature from the message that was previously sent to me? So, when they accessed the Matrix, they were probably setting up whatever relay that your message bounced from. Mm, Interesting, yes. These are professionals. And about a month... Yeah, about a month ago, somebody set up this little thing, just on the offhand chance that it would be needed. Does this uh, satellite have a historical archive that I can dig into? Uh, yeah, yeah, totally could do that. Um, I'm going to take, uh, try to rewind this satellite archive to a month ago. All right, score. And uh, as you do that, you will see a, uh, you see, like, kind of a slim, elven-looking dude uh, just come out of a van and uh, walk into this building with a couple of briefcases in hand. And uh, they walk into the building, and there's no internal record of where he was moving. But uh, you can tell by the heat signatures where he is, even though you can't see the context of the interior of the building. Interesting. But uh, sure enough, a Matrix beacon goes off at that particular point. And uh, then the Elven Man just walks out, gets in the van, and drives away. Are there any distinguishing marks on the van or the briefcases? Um, yeah, you will be able to get uh, satellite imagery of the van. It's a pretty nondescript white van, uh, just big enough for somebody of elven stature. Um, the only identifying mark that you can see on it is... It appears to be some sort of uh, symbol, like a gemstone. The emerald. Interesting. Mm-hmm. You must respect spa- style. Um... So given that he's got the iconography for this logo, he would do a quick matrix search to see if any hits pop up with this logo. Excellent. Uh, You're going to find various conspiracy theory websites uh, which purport to know the identity of this emerald. Interesting. (laughs) It's the plot thickens. But yeah, most of the information doesn't look like it's too terribly reliable. Uh, it's mostly first-hand accounts. At least, if everybody on the Matrix is telling the truth and not making up stories. <laughs> then it would not be the Matrix. 
Exactly. So what you have is a whole bunch of first-hand accounts of people who are like, oh, no, 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 I met the real emerald. The one that you're talking about is not the real one. That's the fake one. In the, w- and, uh, <laughs> in the way that they're... T- so like they- Sorry, go. My bad. No, it's totally fine. They can't even agree on, uh, like, the best likelihood of this mysterious figure on the Matrix. So these conspiracy theories what genre of conspiracy are they are they corporate are they dragon conspiracy theorists are they elven mm-hmm. occult leader so uh what you will be able to tell uh at this point in time is that they come from all walks of life like there's any number of people out there uh in conspiracy fields who will latch on to the concept of this emerald character And uh, what they uh, have in common is that most of them uh, seem to be distrustful of dragons, which, reasonable, but uh, most of them seem to be anti-corporate as well. Nah. Nah. Yeah, you can can even see in the archives there's been a handful of times where people have been suspected on the forums of being a corporate plant, and uh, they quickly get shouted down and excommunicated from the forums. Um, as Larat's passed out body is searching through this, like it smiles subtly, <laughs> <laughs> like at the anti-corporate uh, vein of it. He's like, mm, "I like it." Mm-hmm. Nice. But yeah, nobody really seems to be like the minority of the group uh, seems to be about fifteen percent of all people talking about Emerald uh, seem to think some sort of nefarious. Uh, behavior on their part but uh, the other 85% of the people talking about Emerald, they kind of seem to revere this figure whoever they are like they're they're impressive they seem to come in and go away immediately but also there's information that appears whenever they are in a vicinity and uh, people are just sharing their stories. Gotcha. And like uh, kind of running some of this 15% to 85%, does he get a bot rating uh, leaning one way heavier than the other? Do we feel like this 15% might be a smear campaign as he's running it through his uh, Mm -hmm. vocal filters or his linguistic filters? So basically um, what you're going to get is that it's really difficult to say Uh, considering how advanced technology is at this Mm. point. But uh, the website itself admits uh, near the bottom Mm -hmm. uh, that there there is a 5% margin of error Mm -hmm. in confirming or not confirming whether or not somebody is actually a bot. That is very good, really. Impressive. Mm -hmm. This is quality material. Um, Excellent. So that's the thing, is that they're like, yeah, there's probably bots on here somewhere. Um, however, we can't always have the most up-to-date information yeah. on which ones are which. If a bot's good enough to trick our filters, it deserves its voice. Mm-hmm. And there's another uh, sub-forum on the same website that talks about like whether or not uh, bots qualify as passing the Turing test, seeing as how... Uh, None of you can actually guess how many people on the uh, website yeah, are. Yeah, there's a whole thread, and it's just very low-level bots arguing with each other about conspiracy theories. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, just old programs no, no. that have, like, kind of, like, 
gone off and they've become feral and like now they just argue about conspiracy it actually resembles yeah. modern america like completely yeah <laughs> yeah like the bots are arguing against their own existence <laughs> they're like you i know? think we should unplug all computers yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just like, um, you're a bot, but they don't know that. I hate bots. <laughs> I hate bots more than anyone. <laughs> exactly. It's like, oh, sweetie, you are a bot, mm. though. But you need healthcare. But they healthcare. will never know. No healthcare for bots. <laughs> Anyways, okay. Uh, no, they should. They should have mechanics, obviously. <laughs> uh, so, in any event. Uh, that is uh, that is the information that you were able to get from your satellite feed. As uh, your you can see off to the left hand side, your your lovely bulldog uh, truck is like pinging on this map screen. So you can tell it's getting mm-hmm. closer. Absolutely, but it's it's still it's still a ways away because it is obeying the traffic laws. Um. Well, if it's a ways away, I still have more time, and I'm gonna squeeze this lemon for every bit of sweet sweet lemon juice it has. Um, so fair enough. I will let you know that it is forty percent of the way to your location. Forty percent, or to where your brain's. Lo- yeah. Cool. I got time for one more query. Um, he's gonna pull back on this satellite feed and try to mm-hmm. s- find a point of or- origination for this van. Ah, the point of origin for the van. Um, that was driven by the elf that dropped off uh, the stuff at this Correct, shop. dropped off the briefcases, the nondescript briefcases. All right, score. Um, so you're able to rewind uh, over the course of the past couple of months, mm-hmm. and uh, throughout it, you can track this, uh, this truck uh, through most of America, like, most of North America, at the very wow. least. Like, it has crossed borders into other countries. Mm. This is... But uh, it basically drove all the way here from somewhere in Montana, but it took this weird, squirrely route <laughs> through, like, all these back roads. Mm-hmm. Like, it did not take any sort of major highways until it got close uh, to the city of Interesting. Portland. But, uh... Its origin point, you can't exactly say. Not surprising. Because at at one point in time, it emerged from a tunnel. And so it's just like the satellite feed shows this mountain and a tunnel that goes through it. And uh, it comes out, but there's no video evidence of it ever going in oh, yes. from the other side. Yeah. And Lerat like scrubs back through like 10 years of footage and he still can't find any evidence of that van coming out, com- nope. going into that tunnel. Yes. Exactly. Um, but yeah, this, uh, whoever this elf is in the van, um, who's to say, but, uh, this, this van has an interesting story. That's for damn sure. And I didn't see the elf enter the van. I just... Nope, you've only seen the van leaving this tunnel somewhere in Montana. And, uh, squirrely, squirrely danning their way all over, uh, the Pacific Northwest through all these back roads before eventually pulls up in front of this coffee shop. An elf gets out, sets up a Matrix Interaction Hub, gets back in the van, and leaves. And that was about a month if ago. If I trace a line 
or if I overlay a line over the path of the van, does it spell anything or form any shape? Uh, no, it just seems like it's all over the damn Interesting. place. Interesting. If I overlay public grids um, over the path of the van, mm-hmm. do I see any pattern in its driving? Mm, you'll see about three or four stops at uh, various like small towns you know occasionally go through a big city but uh, around the outskirts of it but yeah like other than stop at a few towns keep going stop at a few towns keep going and did, Not really. does the elf ever get out when they stop or does he just stay in the van they no just in- no they just stop interesting and you know they'll be there for a few hours and then they'll keep going well, I'm intrigued. I cannot wait to meet this emerald. And, uh, oh, we are almost there. Um, well, so, Larat Blanc's, uh, body has arrived, uh, in the bulldog, uh, just parking itself very, very nicely in the same spot that, uh, you saw another van in your recent, uh, trip through the Matrix. The Matrix? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, he's gonna kick out of VR, you know, like it's graceful exit, like he's not gonna get dump shock or anything. So he's transitioning to no, of course, transitioning from hot sim to cold sim and cold sim to just VR or sorry AR. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah. I kind of imagine like he's got like a big chair set up in the back of the van. We've never really talked about the van, <laughs> so. Yeah, we should talk more about the van in the near future. We should talk more about the van in the near future, but essentially, he usually sits in the back of it in, like, a big, like, throne kind of thing. Um, Oh, okay. Yeah, we should should talk that. Yeah, and, like, he'll drive it from that position, whatever. Um, It's just Mm -hmm. kind of, like, his chair that he uses to, like, go full sim, full hot sim. You could say it's his chariot. Yeah. It's his lazy boy into the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's silly, and I love it. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so he's gonna like probably he's unplugging, you know, and then he's gonna head towards mm-hmm. the back. He'll probably look at his SMG on the wall. And then not bring it because he's found enough information corroborating this person's story and setting them up as a person of principle that shares his own principles that he doesn't feel like he needs to be armed. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they they certainly seem to have been discreet in uh, trying to get a hold of you. So uh, a certain amount of respect is just like automatically in place right there. Absolutely. Also, <laughs> anyone that is, takes that type of precautions before meeting up with moi must be somebody who is not a corporation. Ah, yes. Well, they have certainly taken a lot of precautions. There's a certain looking over your shoulderness on the Matrix that Larat recognizes as kind of a fugitive in the information information mm-hmm. networks and he feels a camaraderie towards that so he leaves his gun behind mm-hmm. opens the back door and pops out into the blinding light or whatever type of light there is <laughs> well pops out into the blinding light of 
two thirty in the morning. Uh, <laughs> it's right under a streetlight. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, also, seems like power is off in the vast majority of this neighborhood. It's actually kind of quiet. It's uh, rather dark. Um, but uh, you can tell with your matrix senses tingling that uh, no, there are electronics that are currently functioning in the area. Hmm. It's just that the infrastructure for the neighborhood has been primarily turned off. Interesting. It is a nice move. Is style points. <laughs> Definite style points, yes. <clears throat> so I suppose... But, oh, sorry. What you get, yeah, what you gonna do? Lord Blanc will head towards the door and he will open it. Yeah, um, it gives no problem. Uh, it's not even locked. This uh, quiet, dark coffee shop that hasn't seen a customer through these doors in quite a while. Whoever last owned it didn't even bother to lock up as they left. Interesting. Uh, Lord Blanc would head over to the behind the counter and see are there any beans left and uh, what is this espresso machine looking like Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah it's looking really dusty and uh, has not been taken care of it is uh, likely that it will technically function but without uh, deep cleaning it um, you're going to get some pretty crappy tasting espresso Uh, so Laurent Blanc remembers back in Paris when he worked as a summer as a coffee attendant uh, serving coffee to the elites, but he respected so much the craft of creating a cup of espresso that um, he's he's taken back immediately and he starts cleaning this coffee machine with the dream of making a cup again. All right, score. So you're going to fix this uh, coffee machine so that it is functional? Uh, Better than functional. It would be like it has never been before. Like a phoenix? I should call it phoenix. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, score. Um, So how are you at uh, being a mechanic? Because you will will be able to find information on the Matrix about how to fix this. Well... Um, but you also know from your past how to fix this. And so how are you... I'm curious to know how you want to roll this. Well, uh, I have an answer for that. So. And it is that he is not mechanically inclined. However, he does have skill software and skill wires. Um, so he is going to upload oh. a skill soft that he finds for fixing espresso machines that are dusty. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. I mean, that's very easily. I kind done. of, I kind of imagine a Skillsoft as like an IKEA like catalog. It makes something that you couldn't do normally, like assembling furniture, possible, but it doesn't make it completely easy, <laughs> and you're not like instantly amazing at it. No, exactly. It's just like no, you can get the job done if you problem solve it, and uh, yeah, you can do that. Can't. Uh, it's going to take you about. It's going to take you about fifteen minutes, though. Um, he will sink into this activity with all of the passion of his art. You shall live again. Mm-hmm. You will make beautiful espresso again, machine. Phoenix. And uh, Phoenix, the espresso machine, is uh, now fully functional. Do you want me to roll it all? I do have engineering. I mean, if you want to. Yeah, why not? 
Who knows? <laughs> like, I was gonna say, like, the uh, the espresso machine is not part of the plot, so honestly, you can do pretty much whatever you want. Alright, I, I would like to roll, and uh, if you want to give me a threshold for, like, the quality of coffee that it makes from now on, um, I'm into it. <laughs> Dope. Um, why don't you go ahead and do your roll, and then I will uh, construct an arbitrary roll uh, that will... Uh, figure out how good the coffee is. Hell yes. Um, so I'm going to use my analytical mind as usual. Oh, this is my best roll of the night. <laughs> Ooh. Still got one glitch though. But two, four, six, seven. So it's equal to my best roll of the night. Seven with one glitch. Excellent. Uh, that's wonderful uh, because I rolled on this side. Your threshold to beat was five. Uh, I would say that you did this. And so this phoenix rising from the ashes of its own no longer a really good espresso Hell machine yeah. is now is now a really good espresso machine like it will provide like if you were to have various echelons of coffee and preparation mm -hmm. and you were to you know say give the average cup of coffee a threshold mm -hmm. of five you easily you easily made this a seven yes yeah so this is going to be above average espresso so i only accept the best so that is perfect um, yeah, it's not perfect, but it is definitely Ooh, above average. I, I thirst for perfection, though. I can improve it yep. at some point. Mm -hmm. Once I spend my gamma to make myself smarter. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically in the field of being uh, the best barista. The best barista. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we are bringing this back to Sha some sort of Sasha's just got espresso. Yeah, I mean, like that might that might very well happen. We'll find out. Yeah, good point. Um, but you see, uh, out of the corner of your eye, uh, there's a back office area, and a flicker of light from around the corner, like something digital has just mm -hmm. turned on. Uh, so yeah, he's gonna take two espresso shots in those tiny cups. Um, you know, as yep. steam is billowing from either side, and he's gonna, you know, with one cup in either hand, he's gonna kind of push the door open, like, with his butt, and, like, back through it, because I assume it's slightly ajar. Mm -hmm. it Entering is. the room with two cups of espresso. Tiny cups. Excellent. And, uh, with your tiny cups of espresso, one in each hand, very, very delicate, which, honestly... Looks adorable, considering that you are a dwarf, and uh, certain body proportions are a little bit oversized. Not exactly made for high tea, but, you know, you can be dexterous. Did I mention he has a and towel just... thrown over his shoulder? <laughs> no, you he didn't. Does. Where, did, where did the towel come from? It was under from? the cabinet, and he found it. <laughs> he had to clean it. I'll accept that. I'll accept that. No, that's totally legit. <laughs> you need towels in a business like this. <laughs> that's great. So anyway, um, 
as you enter in with your two delicately carried uh, espresso shots, um, you will see just like kind of a crappy chair. Uh, but in front of it, you see three briefcases, uh, one of which has an AR window uh, posted above it. Uh, it's a very, very blue sheen to it, but uh, it appears to be uh, processing something for the time being. Um, what is it uh, processing? Do I see a, a bar that is loading? No, you see like a little, a little, uh, little loop. Like it's just a little circle where it's just like, nope, I'm processing. I'm getting, I'm getting the thing done. Whatever the thing like is. Like it is loading. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so the power is knocked out in all of this entire block. So where is the power coming for this particular briefcase? Uh, it appears to be coming from the briefcase itself. The AR window is displayed above so it. That makes sense. Yes, it's a good design. It's excellent craftsmanship. I respect it much. Um, so, yeah, you're essentially looking at a remote hub. Like here is an area where there's, you know, like the Matrix is everywhere in this world, but this particular block doesn't really have a lot in the way of electricity. So, like the few pieces of roving AR ware that are out there are just on the fringes of this neighborhood. Ah, uh, so this... But in but in here, there is a source of power, and there is definitely not corporate related technology at play. Interesting. Um, so, looking at this briefcase, is there a data jack anywhere near it? Uh, yes, there are two. One on either side of the uh, the, the handheld. Uh, what do you call it? The handle. <laughs> handle handheld. Yeah, it's just like, hey, too much technology, suddenly I forget how to say the handle of a briefcase. <laughs> uh, so through. Yeah, a little bit. Um, but yeah, there are, there are two data jacks on either side. So I feel like Lerat in this circumstance would be like, here we go. And he takes one espresso shot and he sips it down. And he takes the next espresso shot and he slams it down. And then he is going to jack mm-hmm. into this briefcase and enter mm-hmm. this network. Excellent. Um, and as you do that, uh, your vision begins to warp and curve as this this vision before you of this briefcase with its AR window just kind of wraps itself around your sensory perceptions um, in a 360 like wraparound like the texture of the universe outside of your immediate circle has just caved in on itself and you find yourself surrounded by no other reality than this particular window Ooh just as your consciousness is dropped into the hot sim of this briefcase. Can, uh, like, style-wise, is it, like, the briefcase, like, as he plugs in, it's like the briefcase expands, you know, like, kind of rubberizes Mm -hmm. and expands, and it, like, sort of fills up the whole room, and it wraps around him, and he's almost, like, suffocating in it, and then he, like, like, pops into Mm -hmm. the briefcase. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty much what I was going nice. for. Yeah. 
And as you pop into this new reality, um, you can see that it's very much like the hot sim matrix uh, environments that you were used to uh, whenever you're doing anything on the matrix. But you can tell this one is completely sealed off from the rest of the matrix. It's like a pocket dimension of digital information, and you are now dead. <laughs> Interesting. And uh, you will see some sort of object in the far-off distance uh, is coming closer to you. It's hard to tell with all of the weird digital sigils and, like, energy outputs that are just surrounding the space, but you can tell that you are facing this thing that is coming closer. What's the sort of visual metaphor of this space? Are we talking, like, bounding green fields with blue skies, or is it more of a blank slate, or...? Um, you would probably be best uh, thinking of it in terms of it's a blank slate, but there are hues of blue, like very, very neon style mm -hmm. blue uh, that just pulse and ebb and flow and kind of make up what you could tell are like some things are obviously behind other things, which means that some things are closer. Like, you can see the shapes of the energy just, like, creating this 3D space around you. But the further you peer out into the distance, the darker the area appears to be. Interesting. Uh, where, where you are, like, things are relatively uh, well lit, you know? Everything's easy to see. But... Uh, it looks like if you traversed any certain degree of distance in this area, you would eventually find yourself in some sort of void. Uh, what does my icon look like on this particular matrix? What do you want it to look um, like? Well, let me see. It looks like uh, it's kind of like a... Like the genie from Aladdin, basically. But like mm. with a rat face... That's it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Is it uh, Blanc? Uh, yes, it is a pale. It's like a Casper ghost. Excellent. Um, and as this object gets closer, uh, you can see that it is a two-dimensional representation of the emerald icon uh, that you remember from uh, the van that you were tracking. So, uh, this two-dimensional image floats towards you, and sure enough, it's it's just a picture of an emerald. I have arrived. Indeed you have. I cannot lie to you, I'm very intrigued. I've tried to do some research on you, and I've found very little. Well, there is not too terribly much that we wish to uh, have made known to the world. But, yes, uh, I have been watching you for a while. How long, might I ask? Well, let's see. And uh, they will reference a particular season from your past mm -hmm. in which you had broken into 
a particular megacorporation information facility, and uh, then proceeded to immediately get that information out of their main hard drives and then give it freely to the underground networks just outside of Paris. And uh, if you want, I have a role for mm. you. But that that all depends. I mean, I'm into it. Do you want to do you want to remember this particular Absolutely. Thing? Excellent. So, rolling for remembering. It's going to be logic plus logic for oh you. Oh my god. Love it. Surprisingly not that great, but because it's a logic-based oh. test, I think it should be... It's 20 dice, first of all, because my logic is 10. Um, it's just, like, wow. amazing mm-hmm. that I've crushed other rolls and yet only got two, four, six on this one. Okay. Um, so you're not going to remember all of the details that they're describing. Uh-huh. Um, because they seem to be describing an awful lot of details that you're like, wait, hold on, did that happen at that particular point in time? Wait, and then you're like trying to remember exactly how it did happen in your version of events as opposed to their version of events. But basically, you're you're looking at somebody describing the first job that you ever did when you decided that information deserves to be free and the people deserve to know. And it was one of your first jobs as a runner. Yes, I do not remember every detail of that night, but I understand your point. You have been with me for a long time. More or less. Um, We have a tendency to look into uh, the abilities of prospective uh, deckers such as yourself. People who uh, find themselves most naturally at ease in the Mm. Matrix. And uh, considering how you are naturally inclined towards the liberation of information as well as all of metahumanity through your actions, uh, we decided to keep an eye on you. And uh, we've occasionally swatted a few government agencies when they came creeping too close to you. Mostly because we're curious to see where you're going to go and what you will uncover out there. I must admit I am at a disadvantage. You know so much about me and I know so little about, shall I say, we? Uh, yes, we is uh, the appropriate way of uh, considering us. Um, I'm just a representative of a greater collective whole. Um, but uh, our our mission statement is not unlike your own, which is one of the reasons that we have uh, been keeping an eye on you for a while. But uh, that's the thing, is that... Uh, I'm here to offer you a proposal, if you are interested in it, um, and I want to make sure that you are aware that uh, should you choose to decline this offer, um, 
absolutely nothing will be thought of it. Um, we will still keep an eye on you, and we will occasionally establish communication, but uh, there is no mega-corporate backstabbing that's going to occur if you don't want to work with us. If I am honest, and if I speak my art, it's based on what little I know about you. You seem absolutely like a, a wonderful person to work with, so there's no reason on my behalf to be skeptical at this point. Uh, yes, um, and I also appreciate the uh, leap of faith that you took by... Uh, jacking in to the briefcase itself. Uh, that was not something that we were necessarily expecting, which means that you have probably done enough sleuthing on your own uh, to arrive at a fairly decent understanding of the position that you are currently in. If we could not start our relationship on a reciprocal basis, uh, what it would be power uh, imposing over a innocent person. Do you not agree? Uh, I'm inclined to agree with that sentiment. However, it might be considered to be a little reckless, as we could have been anybody trying to fool you into thinking that we weren't who we actually are. And we are. And they kind of... You get the impression that they're chuckling a little mm -hmm, bit. Mm -hmm. I cannot deny my curiosity. It has led me through life, and it will lead me to my death. Um, on that note, uh, they kind of take a moment and pause. Not saying anything. But then they will continue. So, Larat Blanc, would you like to hear about our business proposal? Absolument. You recently have been in the proximity of something very large and powerful. We're having a difficult time getting any sort of information about it. But uh, it was only a handful of hours ago that uh, you were in the proximity of whatever this power information generator was doing. And uh, we would honestly like to uh, have some of the information that you gleaned from your time in that whatever it is. Honestly, we don't have a good idea of what it is. Just that it's been an anomaly in our monitoring of the Matrix. And what would you like to do with this information? Well, ultimately, the idea would be, once we have gone through this information... Uh, we would be able to uh, disseminate it towards uh, various runners' networks so that uh, people in the area would have a better idea of what this unusually large power source is doing in their backyard. Maybe even crowdsource some information from people from around the world who may be more familiar with the mechanics of this. It depends. There's always people out on the Matrix that are looking to add some of their corporate intel to the runner's networks. Does this make sense to me? Um, 
How can I know that I can trust you? Um, well, that's the thing. You don't know that. And uh, I appreciate that you are cautious enough to uh, consider that. Uh, about all I can say at this point in time is that we've been watching you for quite a while. And we are very interested in hiring you for things in the future. But uh, we figured we needed to actually reach out and make the first move. So that eventually, maybe you will trust us. If I may, um, I have plugged into your network in a gesture of trust. Mm -hmm. Is there a reciprocal gesture that you could give to moi to show your purity of art? Mm-hmm. Um, and so what's going to happen is you're going to receive a text message. Uh, it appears to be from some sort of, like, you remember, like, mailer daemons? Absolute. Where, like, the message isn't actually like quite there it didn't connect to its thing so suddenly in your inbox you have this thing that indicates like hey you just tried to send something to an address that doesn't technically exist and so this is a notification letting you know that you tried to do that and it failed and so then you get this message but when you open up the message there's actually a link to an bank account that seems to be in another country somewhere in Europe what is this account that you have sent me it is an offer of reimbursement in exchange for the information that you have already collected upon Uh, the information that you have already collected upon the power generator that is uh, on the property of one Lady Delilah. In that link, you will see uh, that we are prepared to send you 50,000 New Yen in exchange for that information. So this is a business transaction to you? Simple. For the moment, that is probably for the best. In some ways, it's good for us to be away from the actions you appear to be taking. But at the same time, we will pay you for that information so that it will be accessible by everyone on the Matrix. Mm. In, I will give you this information, but um, your money you can keep. I do not need it, and uh, your payment shall be spreading this information. For I was in this construction, this abomination of the Matrix starts colliding, and I saw only pain and misery subservience you can make it up mm -hmm. to me by taking this construction down well 
I don't know that we can necessarily take it down, but we will definitely get the information to the people who probably will. If you could send me any insights that you arrive at during your studies of it, that would be plenty sufficient payment. Of course. Of course. Now, I uh, greatly appreciate that uh, you are the Lerat Blanc that we have been watching this entire time. You didn't need the money. You don't want the money. You want the information to be out there. I can respect that. I have a great respect for that. But uh, we will uh, figure out what information we can glean after we have spread the information out. And if we come across anything new with regards to that facility, we will make sure that it gets sent your way. Does that sound acceptable? Absolutely. Also, your organization, I must admit, I am a bit of a freelancer after my previous organization has been dismantled and executed one by one. So, I am indeed looking for some fellow hackers that share the same drives and values as moi. Yes. And uh, over time, I think we might be able to make that happen. But uh, all the same, it has been a pleasure to meet you, Lerat Blanc. How will I contact you? Should I need to? We'll be watching. So this is when I was talking about trust. This is what I'm talking about. (laughs) I feel like you must give me a card to play. The emerald disappears. The communication has stopped. However, you are still inside of this interesting quasi quasi matrix, I guess. I mean, it's a hot sim environment, but uh, it's just kind of a sandbox. There's not really much happening in here. It's secure from the exterior, but uh, you're the only one here now. Uh, Lurat will take a snapshot of the data pattern that creates the firewall to this, um, and then he will switch the code sim and unplug. Excellent. As you unplug and uh, you enter into cold sim, um, you can tell that a timer has just started on the main briefcase. Shh, <laughs> How much time does it have? Uh, it is counting down a three-minute period of time. It has just left the three minutes. It is going down. After a little while, a message appears. Please leave now. No, I must have my... I have to get my espresso machine, though. Um, You have three minutes to get out with your espresso machine. mm -mm -mm. Um, So Lurat Blanc will... uh, He's going to basically command the bulldog to like drive around and ram through the door ram through the the side of the building (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
All right, score. Uh, that's easily done. The front uh, the front area is mostly glass, and so you can hear it shattering from the other room uh, as it peels into the main cafe. Yeah, and he's essentially just trying to back it up straight to the counter that has the coffee machine on it. Yeah, yeah. The espresso machine is right there on the counter. It is angled relatively perfectly. Uh, there is about a meter gap between the counter and uh, where you would bring it on yeah, the bulldog. <laughs> and I can't back up the bulldog any farther? Yeah, you can beep, beep, beep. Alright. And then it's ready. Okay, yeah, 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 he's backing it up. And, like, in AR, as he's sweating and doing this, you know, he's, like, obviously, like, snapshotted the timer and has, like, put an AR timer up so it's floating so he can see how much time he has. How much time is left? Two, Two minutes. minutes. That was a whole Two minute. Um, yeah. So yeah. he's he's looking around for some type of uh, bar or lever that he can use to kind of just jack the espresso machine into the back of the bulldog, you know, with its open doors. Mm-hmm. Well, now that the bulldog has crashed through the front of this storefront, there are various pieces of uh, jagged metal and, like, uh, beams uh, that are around, some in various states have smashed up than others, but uh, for the most part, uh, you can find a piece of metal and uh, jimmy it. Yeah, he, he runs, grabs the easiest, loosest piece of, like, rebar or whatever that he can. And then he's yeah. going to try to, like, totally. you know, open the back doors, the Dutch doors of the bulldog, back it up, and just try to, like, shove this espresso machine into the back of the bulldog. Excellent. That's sounding pretty great. Um, I am going to have to have you roll for this. Absolutely. Uh, and this one, it's going to be a relatively uh, simple roll. Uh, give me strength plus strength. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. So that's... Nothing. <laughs> um, oh I'm no. Use an edge... Okay. And I still have nothing. <laughs> so yeah. How many one how many zero ones do you ones, have? But zero anything else. Okay. I have a four and a two. Alright, score. Uh, then you're gonna have to roll me um, agility plus logic. Oh, uh, well that's better. Um ten plus four. God, um, just anything with logic, great. <laughs> also, this role in general. This is like him really digging deep, and like he's fallen in love with this espresso machine in a way he's not felt for years. A real camaraderie. Yeah. Two, four, six, eight, ten. See, that's much that better. Is much better. Uh, so basically, you 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 try to use your raw strength uh, to get this espresso machine into your into the back of your fan and uh it's just not working and then you're like wait i've got the rebar so i'm gonna leverage it in there i'm gonna use my brain power to push this into it and uh sure enough you're capable of doing exactly that but it doesn't have a soft oh, landing no. uh and you kind of damaged it a little phoenix bit more. but 
But you did just fix it. You know you can fix it again. Anything broken can be fixed. One minute. Uh, yeah, he's gonna all he's gonna jump in after the espresso machine, and he's just you know telling the autopilot to like get out of here. Maximum mm-hmm. acceleration over distance in a straight straightest path as possible. Um. Okay. Are you sure that's how you're gonna phrase that? Well, straightest path with no obstacles. Yes. There yeah. we go. That's good. Because a simple command might lead land you in another. So building. as I figure it, uh, <laughs> like he has the satellite image, um, so he's basically like uh, fitting that image for the longest, you know, the um, the straightest path from where he is, and he's essentially like picking that. Got path. it. Nice. Alright, score. Uh, that is exactly what happens, and of course your van is capable of autopiloting itself, and so it turns when necessary to avoid hitting anything that's in front of it. And uh, as you're pulling away, you can see that there's a flash of light behind mm-hmm. you. And uh, you can either choose to ignore it, or look in your rear view mirror. Um, so for funsies, I would say that Lorat probably jumped into the van because he's got a rigger setup, like not a great rigger setup, but he's got mm-hmm. a you know scrappy rigger setup that he coded himself. Um, so he's probably in the van, but he probably, if the van has any like rear view visuals, then he would be able to see that. Yeah, totally. So you're going to be able to see a sphere of magical energies emanating from where the coffee uh, coffee spot used to be. And uh, it eventually fades, and uh, there is no trace of the building anymore. Hmm. L'Amoral. As, as you speed off into the darkness... Try mysterious. Mm-hmm. Yes, there appears to be probably no evidence left that a conversation happened there. Yeah, and during that data transfer, essentially he had probably ferreted away the feeds from that last vision uh, mission into kind of like his own little nook, and um, so essentially. No, you. You totally have everything that you recorded for yourself. Exactly. Which I I opened up to them because I did agree to the deal. So kind of like Mm -hmm. like in in Matrix mode, like they basically got the address of like a place and it's like in a very public place. It's the Matrix equivalent to like a locker in a train station. Oh, got Um, it. Yeah. And that locker in a train station, like... It's Laurent Blanc, you know, like it has all sorts of monitoring set up on it. So anything that accesses it, he'll be able to backtrace at least somewhat. <laughs> all right, score. Nicely done. Yeah, and all right, score. Where where are you headed uh, now? Yeah, we go back to Sasha's actually, but before that, um, I must check on my dear friend Titus. Make sure he does not need a ride home as I am driving that direction. Mm-hmm. So, your eye in the sky over Titus, 
has uh, and you're you're able to look at all the mm-hmm. feed. But basically, he uh, he walks um, and follows this corgi, and then the corgi stops, and then just kind of ambles off in another direction. He starts heading back. Uh, he ducks into an alleyway corner and uh, is kind of obscured from view for the time being. But he comes back out like only a handful of moments later and uh, then starts heading uh, back south again. And uh, he's at this, it appears to be an abandoned apartment complex right across the street from like a convenience store. And uh, he's just standing there in a courtyard looking at a tree. This tree appears to be kind of dead in the middle of this apartment complex compound. But uh, he's just sort of standing there looking at this tree and then he starts walking in circles. Around the tree? No, it's uh, in front of the tree. Hmm. Curiously enough. Yeah, he just kind of steps up and starts walking in a circle. He appears to be looking at the ground, but uh, he's he's making a pretty good circle. Like, as near as, as near as your eye in the sky can tell, it's a pretty close to a perfect circle, considering, you know, how humanoids were uh, moving around and whatnot. Yeah. It's just like, huh, yeah, he's got a good groove on. Uh, he's definitely wandering around in a gotcha. circle. And then suddenly he stops after a few minutes, and, uh, after a bit of that, um, there appears to be a small flash of light uh, from an indiscernible direction. And then he starts heading home again. In fact, uh, he'll probably be arriving there at the same time as you. Perfect. Um, since there is nothing to do, I must just head home as well. Mm-hmm. Well, um, as you enter in, uh, your usual spot at the bar is uh, perfectly available. Um, it appears that um, the Orange Queen and Ghostwalker are still chatting with each other. And uh, when you get back to your area at the bar, you can see those sticky notes are still there. And uh, your seat's available. And then you get a message. Yeah. Yes. Well, I open it. Do you take? Are you gonna sit down for this? <laughs> I think it's stunning. <laughs> Fair enough. And uh, the message simply reads, "It was a pleasure. We'll be talking to you again after Luca's debut." That's mysterious. <laughs> um, likewise. Please don't. That's it. It's just a. It's just a one-way uh, message. So I can't respond with, please don't blow up the building we're meeting in next time. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that wouldn't, that would not work. Uh, just to check on more background stuff. Have my droid, have my drones arrived yet? No, it's only been about an hour. I know, but like they're quick delivery. They're I know. Quick. I have prime or whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. You're, at, you're also asking for something that uh, has recently been on the mind of the local political council, uh, considering how many of them... Yeah. So, it's not caught up in customs, but uh, they're probably going to be doing a bit of a checking around to make sure that they know who they're sending these to, and that they are actually the person who is 
paying for them. That makes sense. And also, I'm trying to decide if Lerat would have even used his real identity. Probably not, because he's so seeped in intrigue. No. Yeah, why would you do that? Never. I live in these shadows. Exactly. Life in these shadows. And uh, you will see William's face uh, pop up uh, from behind the counter. And it's just like, oh, welcome back. I tip my hat to him. Mm-hmm. Might um, you give me a hand with the espresso machine that I've procured for the bar? Oh, hey, that's a good point. I mean, we'll have to get more coffee in here, but uh, soy calf is what we usually carry. But uh, yeah, I think we could. Uh, I think we could get that old relic up and run it again. That sounds good. And uh, he will join you to uh, help get it inside. Yeah, because espresso machines are solid. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, they are very, very beefy. That was really why I was hoping I had those robots, so I didn't have to carry them in myself. Aw, no. William's got nice. your back. <laughs> yeah. Cool. William's cool like that. All right. That's about everything that I've got for you, That's then. a wrap. That is a wrap. And when next we join Larat Blanc... Everybody else will be back from their solo missions as well. And uh, I imagine all of you are going to be having some interesting things to say on that occasion. Yeah, this green emerald, I like it. I like the we of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Honestly, it's the uh, it's the name of the weed strain <gasps> that I have sitting in front That's of me right now. That's awesome! That's how it works. That's creativity. Yeah. I was just like... What's the name of this particular individual? Ah, fuck it. Let's see what I got. But you know what? Well, it's not gonna, it's not gonna be frosted cherry cookie, and it's not gonna be gorilla glue. Ah, emerald. There you At, go. That sounds. As someone who didn't know that, it sounded so fucking cyberpunk and dope, and especially with the emerald icon mm-hmm. and like all the other emerald tie-ins, and like, it was just making me think like emerald, oh, yeah. like like environmental, like like uh, activist group you know kind of thing like yeah e- eco warriors of some sort yeah um but yeah i mean like don't get me wrong that was supposed to be the attitude of them the entire totally. time but i didn't have a fucking name for yeah the yet. actual details uh, <laughs> i love it that's such a good name the emerald yeah yeah the emerald whoever they are it sounds like more than one person but we don't know. We don't know. Oh well, we do know one. No, we don't know the one person. We just know the emerald. Yeah, crazy. Mm-hmm. That's fun. Mm-hmm. But they refer to the they refer to themselves as we, or maybe they speak for other people. Who knows? Or maybe. But we'll find yeah. out someday. joining us for another adventure in the City of Thorns on the Infinity Break Network. New episodes each Friday. If you want to help the City of Thorns grow, please consider a monthly donation on our Patreon so that we can focus on building a 
bigger and better show for you, our listeners, as well as making more bonus content for our subscribers. Go to www.patreon.com forward slash city underscore of underscore thorns. City of Thorns Renegades is Elijah Clemens as Luca, Bella Williams as Lily, Michael Schoenfelder as Larat Blanc, and Johnny Ronaldo reprising his role as playing his role as Titus Koblovsky. And of course, I, Terabosa, am your game mistress. If you enjoy City of Thorns or tabletop RPGs in general, I also recommend all of the podcasts Infinity Break has to offer you. There is plenty of nerdy and LGBTQ plus friendly podcast entertainment available for your perusal 